on. And here we are with Tiana Taylor. How are you getting on? How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> Happy Easter. I don't know what the um, Spanish is for that, but here we are. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on in this conversation before we even start. So again, Spanish, Northern, Bucks, the whole whole spectrum of things so regards to your style of jiu-jitsu have you found it change much regards of your traveling the way you've changed different gyms whilst you've been living your life as such definitely my partner is my coach and he knows me better than anyone in the world mm. um that can come with some problems though um they say you shouldn't teach your other half to drive and i kind of think to a degree it's the same with jiu-jitsu because you don't necessarily have that level of patience but because he knows me so well and he knows my game so well, he dedicates a lot of one-on-one -on -one time to me, um, working on my game plan, you know, in the classes, he'll say, okay, I'm teaching this today, but this won't be part of your game. And it's come, it's really developed a lot since, well, as most people do since White Belt. And um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of a blessing and a curse being, having your coach as your, your partner but in my case particularly with competitions it's really good really I mean, really good that was a very well rehearsed answer just in case you covered every base there i think you got the honesty and we may say it very like amicably as well very i'm impressed with that that's um that wasn't rehearsed at all i didn't know you could ask you that question i was gonna say it seems almost <laughs> okay i got it prepped just in case you got the right sort of tone for everything i'm very impressed with that you make a very my, good politician my, <laughs> my 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 partner never <laughs> listens to my podcast ever ever because he says I have to he has to listen to me talking all day so the last thing he wants to do is listen to me <laughs> talking even more so yeah um, I'll, I'll leave him with that I'm not going to dig in that too much <laughs> <laughs> but regards of like the idea of a game developing and also this yeah. sort of vein that when you start you don't know we don't know how are you yeah. trying new techniques even if they're not tailor-made for you so to speak I try my best in the class to get it and I will actually I will I, I have very honest conversations with my partner but so do the rest of our team it's not just me it's just probably easier for me because we live in the same house we spend a lot of time together I'll say is this something that I'll realistically be able to do and he'll say yes or no um, but that conversation is also open to everybody in the club and um, I'll always attempt to do something I like to attempt it more times than he likes me to attempt mm. it because I don't like him giving up on me. But sometimes, because I'm the kind of person who needs to drill something many, many times before it sticks. So um, there are techniques I do now that a few years ago just would not even have been in my game plan at all. And um, yeah, I, I, I say to him sometimes, you know, persevere stick with me I'm trying trying my hardest here and then I and then but once I get a technique I've I've got it mm. but it just sometimes takes me longer than other people now again there's so much in that with where you understand the way you learn but also how you apply so when you're doing the yeah. drills for example is it just like wrestling style just volume and amount of reps is it very slow very heavily technique detail orientated how do you like to drill full stop after that sorry for me personally mm. Well, at the moment I'm injured, so I'm not training. Um, I have I'm three weeks post ACL surgery, and it's my mm. second it's my second ACL surgery in thirteen months. Well, that's good. <laughs> <Get discount>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I co-run the club, so I actually don't pay for my training. Um, but when I, it depends what we're drilling. If it's something I feel quite confident with, I just I will just like. Well, everything is broken down very, it's like a story. So we start with drilling um, a basic technique, adding a little bit more, adding a bit more than finishing with a submission. But that's more of a technique. For drilling, if it's something I don't feel particularly confident with, I will drill it quite slowly and then build up speed. Mm. But it's just that initial feeling, if it's something like that I've never done before and I look at the demonstration, I think, oh, Am I going to be able to do that? I'll just go through it really slowly. But then I've learned that some things are actually easier to do if you do them more quickly. So that's the flip side of that. But it really depends what the technique is, because you can do some things too slowly and the other person can escape. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, there's a the whole spectrum with this. And the reason 
I like a lot what you said there already because about telling a story because the way you just people explain anything you tell a story in what, some way shape or form or how you explain yeah. something this happened because so and so happened A it led to B to C and so on and so forth but then also the same vein that you're drilling with that kind of I don't know resistance a sort of pace that I used to use the whole thing of it's technical you're in slow like old man jiu-jitsu but it's not working mm -hmm. a bit more athletic saying well it's not in the point it didn't work it doesn't matter if it's more technical, it didn't work. I like how you managed to distinguish both those things with that. But when you yeah. say tell a story, are you more action, reaction, follow an action? Or what is your story per se when it comes to drilling? Well, I like to know the name of the technique first that we're doing. And we'll drill part of the technique, okay, as a class. And then we'll regroup. We'll add a little bit more to it. So again, we start right at the beginning and add on this next bit. Everyone's got that? Cool. We move on, add a little bit more, still starting at the beginning. Um, or, or depending what it is, when we've done some crucifix stuff, um, we've started from certain positions, and then at the end, we've gone right back to the beginning. But for me, that's how things stick, because if um, I've been at another club I used to train at, I used to say to the instructor, I haven't quite got this can I stick to the previous technique? And he would say no. And for me, that wasn't conducive to my learning because how can I do the next part if I haven't got the previous part correct? So um, it's bit by bit by bit, each time by going back to the beginning, it's reinforcing um, what we've done before and then adding, adding a bit more to the story and finishing with the submission. Mm. And again, when it comes to the way your coach manages your development, and again, it's a very proactive thing as well. You've got to say, okay, this isn't working for me. You've sort of interrupted that and having your own sort of, okay, I'm not in the flow right now. Please can I adjust? And again, as much as it comes across very much, the coach being again, going against what you would need, you never really know the, the bigger pitch that in retrospect maybe makes more sense. You just go through the motions then picking up. Again, it's an interesting way how you can perceive it and how it can really, I don't know, pan out. And also found it quite ironic. Yeah. You mentioned a crucifix on um, Easter Sunday, but anyway, that's another thing in itself. <laughs> Actually, it was, it was only yesterday I was talking to my coach about my jiu-jitsu. And um, what was it I was saying? Uh, because I'm going to be out for a little while. And... Um, I'm devastated about it. I'm really upset, but it's just something that I have to do um, because I can't, I can barely walk at the moment, let alone train. And he reframed it for me. And he said, well, think of it as in when you come back, you're, you're learning from, what, what did he say? It wasn't exactly from a different standpoint, but I get to relearn a lot of things because I was, I had a full, um, ACL rupture last year I started to recover and I got back training um, but with COVID I didn't compete and I wasn't in a position to compete anyway but then um, I was on the mats quite a bit and it was frustrating for me because we were doing things like deep half guard crucifix etc and then I could only do half of the techniques because I couldn't be on top because um, it caused too much pain in my knee so he just he he reframes my thinking a lot and how I think about jiu-jitsu, which he thinks borders on unhealthy at times, because I'm I'm just obsessed with self-improvement. It's not it's not about the belts for me, because the belts will come. I just want to be a better fighter than I was before I was injured. But at the moment, that's not possible because I can't even train. But obviously in a competition, you're competing against another woman or another girl but in that sense yes you want to beat that person but really I want to be the best fighter I can be because I've had a lot of negative attitudes towards my jiu-jitsu I've always been seen as the underdog and that's starting to change a bit but that never really goes so a lot of I'm obsessed with self-improvement so I have very frank I have very frank conversations with with my instructor which is good I mean, this is going to be, let's get comfy. This is going to be an interesting one. So there's there's so much in that I want to get into. Where do we even begin? Okay, so... So I talk a lot, don't I? No, it works very nice on a podcast, so don't worry too much. All <laughs> the time is to change that. This isn't the time. But get stay on that skid right now. That's fine. But yeah. regards to self-improvement, I like the reflection. I like the way it's... So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to break down what you said and why I like it. Then I'm going to let you go on another tangent. But that's one thing I <laughs> 
again that kind of reflection that point of you want to improve yourself and the belts are a bright byproduct again people think they do things to be happy now you do your own development and happiness is the byproduct the same way your progression is your priority and the belts are a byproduct to that and so on and so yeah. forth i like that a lot and again in competition it's not even so much that the person is that relevant it's more just this is a, an instrument for me to explain who i am right now and demonstrate yeah. that again to completely and i'm an unpredictable variable in the sense of you don't know, you can't rehearse certain things. Again, that's regurgitating information. This is something you're having to proactively show your understanding, which is why that's got so much more weight behind it. And on top of that, again, I like the way you're talking about your, I don't know, your internal voice and the way you manage your attitude towards jujitsu as a whole. And I'd like to go a bit more into that as to how you initially started perceiving jujitsu and competing and being a fighter to how you are now and the sort of things that cause these changes. Yeah, well, um, when I first met my partner, he was a purple belt and I wasn't doing jiu-jitsu at all. I started doing jiu-jitsu about a year and a half in, but I travel around the UK with him to competitions and I paid a lot of mind to, particularly the women. Um, I was watching these women white belts. I thought, oh my gosh, they're absolutely amazing. I had no idea what's going on when in like techniques wise, but I knew that if you tap, that's, that yeah, means it's over. That, right, was about yeah. the, that was about the extent of my knowledge. But something I noticed is that um, some of these fighters, both male and female, when they lost a fight, they were so deflated, but then they had to get up and do it again. And that's when uh, I was doing mindset training for about three years before I got into jiu-jitsu. But that's when I realized how applicable mindset training is for jiu-jitsu. Because if you've just lost a fight, but you've got to step up again, you know, you feel you might feel deflated because you've lost a fight, but you've got to you've got to find that grit in you to get back on those mats and give it your all and kind of have selective amnesia about what went wrong in the first fight. So um, I've forgotten what the question was. Forgive me. No, it's more so the, <laughs> the mindset change there. But anyway, that's more of a, a staple reference point. I like how you're talking about having to pick yourself up and crack on once once you've made a mistake to then not let that mistake deter the momentum of the collective tournament. Yeah. And what, yeah. what is your reference point for that? Any experience you've had to try to compartmentalize that kind of emotion to be able to perform? That, well, this did actually happen to me in Valencia. I was, um, I was Clang, in category. Valencia, there we are. <laughs> Pardon? Clang, just drop it in there. Oh, I'm Valencia, you know, I just, oh, I just I used, to, I, used, <laughs> I used to, I used to live in Valencia. I used to live in Valencia 15 years ago. Um, but, I did a competition there in 2019 and I lost my first fight and I was in that exact situation. I had to pick myself up to then fight the second girl who um, I tapped. And so I got silver, but in that, in that um, competition, that was really good for me because the girl who I fought against first, she automatically got gold for winning against me. Because I lost against her, I got a second fight. So out of the three of us, I was the only one who got two fights. So that was a bonus because obviously I've paid for the competition. I've had to pay for my hotel and all the rest of it. But in that particular competition, I did things on the mats that I didn't think, that when we did in training, I didn't think would apply to me. So that was a great learning experience as well. Um, and that showed me that sometimes when I think, oh, this is not going to be part of my game in the moment, you just find yourself in a position uh, that takes you back to class and you think, yeah, actually, I can do this. And that's how I that I actually um, that's how I got the tap, actually, by doing a technique that I didn't think was going to be for me. So yeah. but it, it, is a, it is a lot of picking yourself up mentally because it does get to you because there's a bit, there's always really big crowds as well. And they're watching you and they're watching your deflated face. So I make a point of never ever looking at the ground. If some, if the other girl's hand is raised, I never look at the ground because you really do need guts to stand up and fight. Again, there's, there's so much in there. And one thing you've sort of touched on there outside of the attitude towards presenting the whole thing is the sort of, I know the momentum of a competition, you're having a match, it's a very different pace and different feel to training in the gym. As much as you can yeah. emulate X, Y, and Z, those mental blocks, those weird positions you find yourself in, how do they end up here? I'm upside down with lapels, left, right, and center. What am I, where am I? 
but you've got you can't just sit there and just enjoy the view you've got to be able to be proactively keep on moving and again yeah. even techniques you aren't overly confident with you think okay shit let's first figure it's getting answered pretty quickly but and being able to be so aware and so active and so confident whilst everything's going on to also have that poker face like you say and they, even if it doesn't pan out just to remember what it took you to get to where you were and yeah. again there's just so much depth in that and as and as well, you're talking about there, like you've had two fights. I mean, I've paid X, Y, and Z to get here. I'm not going to wait. <laughs> I will have matches with everyone left, right, and said I've paid good money to yeah. get the pleasure. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I get the most out of it. I really disagree with coaches telling, this is my personal opinion, I do not agree with coaches telling um, their students that comp- competing is just like an open mat at another gym because it's not. It really is not. You don't have 300 plus people watching you. Um, when you go to open mats at the gym, that it may be, okay, it's more competitive, but it's not the same as competition. Mm. And I, I'm really honest with that because I compete a lot. So I'm really honest with um, with our team about that because if you go in thinking it's a, this, you know. A playful spa with a stranger, it's not. Yeah, it's really not. It's really not. So I, I'm really against telling newbies that because it just isn't true it isn't I mean, true well this is kind of it because again it's not even just the actual role itself yes mechanically it's still just jiu-jitsu it's the same thing you do every day but mm. that's not what gets you <laughs> like how yeah. many matches have you lost to someone who isn't better than you just because the moment is just so like i don't know who i am that what is jiu-jitsu you completely just just get so overwhelmed and confused like how do you stay composed competing yeah. now um i have learned to tune out noise so if I'm in a stadium, and this happened at the Europeans as well, I have learned, I've trained my mind to tune out all noise except for my instructor's voice. So everything is, it until I get to, when I'm at the mat side, I do get nervous. But as soon as that referee goes like this, I'm a completely different person. I, I'm much fiercer in comparison to when I'm in the gym. So I've tuned my mind to get rid of the crowd, the sound of the crowd, um, the sound of people cheering on my opponents. The only thing I hear is my instructor. Now that's taken quite a few competitions to do, but I am very composed and I take direction a lot better in competition than I do in training. And it's just like I turn into a completely different fighter. So let's go in that a bit deeper then. So regardless of who you are in the gym but in competition rounds versus in actual competition when that adrenaline's overwhelming you're excited you're anxious everything in between you get yeah. the sort of nod to sit waved on the mats what is your initial thought process from that point onwards this is do or die oh oh chills and else feel that i was good like that that's actually i i represent hyperfly and that's part of their mantra i like that you can't teach her i mean yeah with with that attitude then because people get so funny about it like you see the um was it nesta malock the other week that someone's foot broken and was oh you shouldn't go that hard in competition so well you kind of do that's what you sign up for it's sort of killer killer we killed essentially yeah and it's it's a funny one you can verbally tap you can verbally i i I like to verbally tap if necessary because i cannot risk broken limbs and things so yeah it's not very nice it's a preference no but even then so obviously how you train is how you compete and everyone sort of reluctantly says you know you don't rise to your expectations you fall to your training standards and so on and so forth and it's more how do you make that applicable what you're doing in the gym even with a different mindset to be able to apply with that extra sting and things do you see what i mean well i have a competition playlist and i listen to that every day before training every time i train so it's like my mindset is always competition it's I need to kind of chill out a bit, I think, but I'm always thinking competition. Um, Even when it's just, we're just in the gym. I don't like my instructor's playlist, I'll be honest. It's too, it's too chilled. Too nice. But yeah, but but I think, yeah, it all comes back to mindset. I just, I'm always thinking about what is the next competition I'm going to do? When is it? I don't look up my opponents. I'm not interested in them. Although uh, there was one, uh, there was one occasion where that would have been pretty handy because uh, I was put against a um, black belt judoka who was on the UK squad. That's good. And I 
<laughs> but I didn't look her up, so I didn't know this. But she didn't throw me, she foot swept me. So that was over pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, in, in the gym, I'm still thinking competition. So it's quite easy for me to make that transition onto the competition mats. Okay, this is where it gets really interesting. So similar to sort of, say, Manchurian candidate kind of feels where it's like, okay, you're getting so subconsciously programmed that when you hear something, you sort of switch it on. Like, again, this sort of, when I say competition mindset, it's not even just on the mats, it's the build-up, it's the training to be in competition mindset. I love yeah. it so much. So the playlist, how long is it? Is it just a case of you hear a song on the way to training? Is it X amount of songs now I can train? What, how does that work for you? Um, I'll start in the house <laughs> when I'm getting ready. And if I walk to the gym with my partner, I'll say, I'm not going to talk to you because I need to get in the zone. <laughs> Is that the excuse? Some, <laughs> sometimes that goes down okay. Sometimes it doesn't. Let alone. <laughs> um, but I, I have... I have um, a competition playlist, which is solely music. And I have a mindset BJJ playlist, which is very, very long. And those are for the days like now when I can't train. Um, and a lot of them I've had for years, but are applicable to jujitsu as well. Just like never giving up. And if you see my Instagram, you can see I'm a sucker for a positive quote. I know it. a lot of a lot of people hate that though. They think it's like toxic positivity, but my Instagram is for me. It's just some some term that's come out from people saying, oh, you know, it's it's actually has the opposite effect. But my Instagram is my Instagram. It's not for you, it's not for anybody else, it's for me. Because I need picking up sometimes. I'm not mm. superwoman, I have down days. I have days where I'm definitely the nail in the gym and not the hammer. You know, that happens all the time. So um, I've never thought about quitting though, never. I mean, with, with that, again, there's so much in that, I love it. I mean, this whole thing about Instagram being for you, it's more of a journal, isn't it, as such? Because again, it's something yeah. you, this is how I feel, this is a tournament I performed at. And again, albeit early white belt days, you see, George, you used to think, oh, I'm cringing now, but the point, the fact you're cringing is more so, okay, I've come on this much further. That's why you yeah. keep everything up there. And again, I've got a bronze in this tournament. Yes, it's not gold, but this is a, pro a prominent moment where I learned X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I like that a lot. And also about toxic positivity. Again, it's a huge thing I really like about your sort of content. A huge, huge reason I wanted to get you on is that kind of proactively, proactively being positive, proactively being, you know, I'm here in the trenches, but I'm also, it's not a grind. Because people yeah. always have the whole kind of, I embrace the grind. So what is the grind? grind sounds uncomfortable and horrible i, I don't do this because i hate it <laughs> i like this <laughs> i think it has embraced the journey the journey is going to have setbacks the journey is going to have obstacles you might get injured you know life events happen you might lose your job some people can't pay for training obviously we've, we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's about how you handle all those misfortunes i think that's what that's what shapes people because some people will quit some people, well, a lot of people quit, especially at Blue Belt. But um, I think it's how you handle all of that. And I've had quite a lot of negative stuff happen to me, both particularly with my health. And I know there are some people who are surprised I'm still going. I, I don't mean alive, I mean training. I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't want to dig too much deep in that. I thought that <laughs> go as far as you want to go with that. Not dying. No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. Um, but because I, I was so bad at the beginning, I was so bad. And um, when I came to Madrid, um, I was still really, really bad. Um, and I started to pick up once my partner trained me. But again, it, it's the dialogue around my jiu-jitsu that really um, motivates me a lot. Because I remember being at a particular competition in Malaga, sorry to place drop again Plan. and <laughs> and um we there are a lot of us in madrid training at a particular club and the instructor went to brazil and just never came back so that's how we started up our clubs but a lot of the guys and girls who were training at that initial club didn't want to train with us so at the beginning it was just me on the map with my partner and there was a competition about three months later 
after this happened. And they assumed that I was still the same fighter as three months previous, but I had been training with my partner for three months and it was just me on the mat. So it was just like getting privates. And I did, I rocked up to this competition and this guy sees me and says, oh, is Gareth, that's my partner. Oh, is Gareth competing? And I said, no, I am. And he goes to me, you are. I'm like, yeah, I am. And then um, I had a lot of people from my old team sat by the uh, mat side and it was a straight final. And I won in less than a minute by triangle. And afterwards I saw another guy I trained with and he said to me, oh, Tiana, what happened in your fight? Because I was sending a text, I looked up, the fight was over and I assumed you got disqualified. And that was the first reaction that, nice. first reaction that it wouldn't be me who would be able to compete because I'm not good enough. And secondly, I did compete, but it was over so quickly, I couldn't possibly have won. So I'm used to stuff like that. I'm used to being mm. laughed at in class. I, my takedowns used to be so bad, people would snigger and turn away because they didn't want to look at me. And nothing was ever said by the instructor about that because there's me working my ass off trying to like get better and to have people laugh in your face is really horrible yes. but some but something kept telling me keep going don't give up keep going with it and I think um as hard as it sometimes is to train with your partner um because of arguments and personality clashes and things they know you the best and they know your game the best and yeah, it was yesterday. He also said to me, you have to trust that I know what's going to work for you and what won't. Because sometimes I say to him, you give up on me too easy. We've done this technique in class. And just because I haven't got it in the first maybe five times, he'll be like, okay, maybe we, should, we need to move on now. So I'll say, can we practice this at home? And he'll say, that won't be part of your game. So he says, you just need to trust. Because he he's a black belt. He's been in the game a lot longer than me. And he knows what my um what my strengths are and I need to play to those strengths so I think I do need to trust him a little bit more I just get a little bit pissy sometimes I think that's what it is I if mean, I'm honest uh, let's just go back a second yes congratulations for your resilience and improving but wow that's a toxic environment I've ever fucking heard one I mean if you're not in a position where you can make you can fail often and well and then progress you're not going to progress the fact that you had the grit and the mindset and the strength to actually overcome that kind of adversity i mean that's i mean that's a good attribute to have but you shouldn't have had to use it i mean the fact that yeah. environment was so toxic i think that's just disgusting and the fact one thing people not seeing your progression and expecting your previous self people on performing that day versus the person who you were that's one thing but their attitude after the fact of still being disrespectful you know they can just yeah. like you know what i mean but again yeah. as much as i want this to be a more highlighting your achievements this is definitely a moment to sort of think okay everyone listening now if you're in a class where people are putting you down for trying things you need to you know have a word with either yourself the instructor or you know another gym or something because that is not that is yeah. not healthy that is not what you want because again no. you don't do this because it's where your the money in the world is going to be you do this because it's a passion you love it yeah and if your passion and love is getting tainted by people who aren't as I don't know how you'd phrase that without saying too much. Support, of a... supporting you, supporting, yeah, you, supporting your process, pro, your progress and encouraging you, then that's not the gym for you. Definitely this, not. This is a huge thing. Again, as much as obviously it's case by case, but again, I'm so sorry to hear you've been through that kind of environment because you know, I'm not going to pretend like I've, I haven't been through a similar sort of thing. But again, it's, it's how you've overcome that. And again, it's how you've been identified and how you've broken your own stigma of being, okay, I'm not that person with a shit take. I'm not that person anymore. Yes, yeah. obviously it's hilarious to work, but I'm not that person. Even if I was that person, I am a person full stop. You do not speak to me like that. Again, yeah. it's it's understanding your value as a person, not even just your ability as a competitor. That's a separate thing entirely. Like, yeah. not being funny, like, why, people say white belts, you think they're shit. So, well, you're a white belt. You aren't shit because you're performing the standard you're at now. What, what doesn't make you mm. shit? If you had a brown belt around your waist, you still can't sprint. There's a question to be asked, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, just have a day off, man. It's, a, it's passion, a hobby. Call it what you want, but you're doing it because you want to be. I like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, with... um, Sorry, I went a bit mad. I've come a bit close to home, man. But <laughs> it's, it's more how you overcome that and still that kind of 
because again, you, you preface the start of this conversation with you've been the underdog reluctantly, and it's still kind of yeah. a chip on your shoulder to an extent. And even then, how would I you... don't mind. I don't mind being the underdog though, because people don't expect me to win. So mm. that's that's cool with me. Because if you're always the favourite to win, there's a lot of pressure with that. A lot of pressure. So I'm I'm good. If people want to think I'm the underdog. That's cool by me. I don't have a problem with that. When I said chip and shot, I meant more so being undervalued than it was being underrepresented. Because again, if you're the underdog, again, you can it's win-win regardless. But it's more yeah. so the point of okay, your standards are increasing, your abilities increasing, but again, being recognised for it in the same vein. But again, when it comes to understanding your competition mindset, understanding what's required of you, is something that came quite naturally to you. Is it something you've had to sort of trial by fire as such? That came naturally because, as I said, I was doing a lot of mindset work um, before I got into jiu-jitsu and all of it's applicable, all of it. So I think it's come quite naturally. I absolutely love competing. I, I, I wouldn't, oh, I would compete. I was competing about twice a month before I got injured. Um, but then you get you get to the stage where you kind of burn out a bit. That's the only, that's the only um, downside. Oh, actually, there's another downside. When you compete so regularly, um, and you watch back your fights, sometimes there's not enough time to go over your errors. Uh, because as you said earlier, your opponent doesn't know your game plan. They don't know what you're gonna do, but you know what you're gonna do. And if something has, hasn't gone right, you don't necessarily have enough time to, to work on it if mm. you compete that regularly. But then, because I had my, um, I, had my full ACL ACL rupture just three days after I signed up for the 2020 Europeans. Um, I was really glad I got in so many competitions because I started competing as soon as I got my blue belt. I didn't want to wait because when you ever ready, you know, you get a new belt, you're never ready. So I just thought I'll throw myself in. There's no pressure on me. Pressure's on everyone else because they've had their blue belt longer than me. So yeah. I mean, again, there's, there's a lot in this. And <laughs> one thing I want to sort of touch on there before obviously saying about your mindset training versus applying it, this is sort of the reason I asked it. Because as much as you've had the preparation without the pressure, once the pressure comes, <laughs> it's like, you know, everyone's great at giving advice until they're the one who needs the advice. It's like, no, shut up. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. I'm saying, well, you're the one who said it in the first place. You should. <laughs> <laughs> but again it's how you understand what these words really mean because again you see the nice frilly quotes again we, we're both guilty of posting many of them and it's the point of okay what do those words mean when push comes to shove how do you apply that so i like the way you're able to actually apply what you're saying and believing so that's always very reassuring yeah. but one thing i want to sort of get into really is sort of identity as such because again when you're competing so regularly this is something so in your world to then be put on the bench because of an injury how do you find I don't know, re-identifying yourself and having your own persona outside of jiu-jitsu for that time being. Really, really lost. It's really tough. Really, really tough. Because I'm not able to work at the moment anyway. Um, it's affected my, both both surgeries affected my mental health quite badly. Um, I actually lost my job because of my first ACL injury. And I... Um, took legal action against um, the, my, the university I was working at in Spain for unfair dismissal because it's against Spanish law to fire someone while they're on sick leave. But I think they thought because, she, because I'm not Spanish, I wouldn't do anything, but they didn't know I was in a union. So I had all my legal representation and I had to hobble in a four leg brace and on crutches just about eight or nine days after my surgery when I should have been resting to sort this out and um yeah so that was really tough but i find being injured is really tough um because i'm so passionate about it and because i do compete a lot so um some of those those um photographs of the books that i'm reading that i sent you the other day mm. they are keeping me on track mentally and this is why i think my partner thinks it gets a little bit unhealthy because it's jiu-jitsu you're gonna get injured but I have taken my injuries badly because I can't I can't you know when you can't barely walk 
and you that means you can't and, and I, at the moment I can't stand on two feet unaided so I can't even do bench press I can't even do upper body in the gym and we we I know there's a pandemic but all our gyms have been open since last July so people are training and I can't train and that's for me it's really really tough because all I think about is jiu-jitsu it's on loop all the time all the time Again, first and foremost, I'm sorry to hear about obviously the way it's been affecting you and again, your like, job as well. And where this gets really, I don't know, problem for a lot of people, because again, they see the the positive side of things you're putting out, the positive side, how well I'm dealing with everything. But again, this is the reality of it. Yes, this is all the way you should say things, just the way you should be handling things. But ultimately, however you're going to handle it, it's however you're going to handle it. There's no right or wrong way to do these things. And again, the fact you can be so honest and open about how you really do mm. feel about how it's really affected you, I mean, that takes a lot of respect for that and again look, people listening are in a similar boat who think oh i'm not all happy and positive when i blow my leg out i guess i'm a bad person said no your legs you could you say oh i'm not surprised not feeling very happy about it like, yeah I, my thing is though I, if you look at my a lot of my stories on my instagram it's very it's very obvious i struggle my um i'm not someone to just display a highlight reel because I think that's so false and it's not a accurate depiction of real life. I've competed and I've got a default gold, uh, sorry, a default um, bronze, for example. Oh, actually I did get a default gold once when my opponent didn't make weight, but I will write that. I won't say, oh, I got gold. Cause I know a lot of people- <laughs> I won gold with a picture to the thing and that's the end of the conversation. Yeah, and it, but people do that and it's, and it's so dishonest and I, I don't win every match or every competition, but I will still put up that I participated and, you know, no one wants a default. Nobody wants a default. But sometimes that happens because some you might lose your first fight. Some people don't turn up. Unfortunately, that's been the case of me quite a lot, which has been really annoying. Um, but I don't just put all the good things on. It's, it's very obvious that I struggle. And I've been quite open that I do struggle with my mental health and other aspects of my health as well. And definitely it's good to have that kind of transparency because again, when it comes to the value of these things, yes, they're plastic medals you're paying X amount to enter for, but the reason these have that much value is I've made the way I fought through my emotions, anxieties, my struggles to get mm. to where I am now to then show up on the day as well. It's just a separate challenge in itself and then perform against X amount of athletes in front of me. So then this medal will be, you know, a couple of quid from whatever else. This means the world's going to die for this. Yeah. <laughs> I, li I literally blew out all my, all, my all my joints to get to this point. I'm not going to let anyone take this from me. But again, yeah. for someone to say, look, I've got a default one. Look, I won. I'm a champion. Obligado, Jesus. It's like, <laughs> nah, none of that. <laughs> People do it though. And I see it a lot. And it's just like, yeah. Okay, if you want to do that, cool. It's your your Instagram page, but you're, I think I just feel like people are kind of lying to themselves, really. This is a huge point. And when it comes to you managing your mental health whilst going through all this sort of thing, what is the, I don't know, what is your process? So say you wake up, wanting to go and roll, you realise, oh shit, I still can't. And you get that sort of yeah. deflated feeling. What is your point from there where you're just stuck in bed a bit like, now what? How would you keep yourself in that sort of stronger headspace? What is your, I don't know, what is your light as such at the end of this tunnel? Um, I think it's the fact that I got surgery three weeks after my MRI results in the middle of a pandemic. That's amazing. I mm. went to a different hospital because the one closest to me, my catchment area told me the wait would be at least nine months. So I kind of remind myself that, okay, I'm immobile now, but if I hadn't had the surgery, yes, I would still be training, but I would be severely limited in what I could do. So the good thing is I've had the surgery now and the only way is up. So that, I say that, but reminding myself of that is, is a challenge. I'm not gonna lie, that's not easy. It's mm. often my partner who reminds me of that. Uh, and a real, a real downfall in my character, I would definitely say is that I look at how far I have to go rather than how far I've come. That's a real problem for me. And that's not just in jiu-jitsu, that's in quite a few areas of my life. So um, when I, I know when I go back on the mats, like right now, I would do anything to be able to train. And I say that now, but when I'm back on the mats and I'm not this like consistently competing blue belt fighter I was, I'm gonna be frustrated with myself. 
Whereas, whereas now I would do anything just to be able to shrimp or something. So I'm, I am my worst critic, my, my harshest critic. I know that. Um, but living with my coach is really, really good because he pulls me out. We have very different perspectives on things. Very, very different. And he is my biggest support system for pulling me out of that funk and helping me reframe my perceptions because well I know how much pain I'm in he doesn't know but he can he can see and I just things like listening to music helps I watch a lot of comedy I absolutely love comedy that helps as well but yeah you do get dark days especially when I mean I'm just a blue belt I'm no Fionn Davies I'm no like world-class adult black belt but it's still my absolute passion and it means the world to me I, I mean that's partly why I change countries and not a lot of people do that for jiu-jitsu especially when you're a two-strike white belt <laughs> so yeah it's it some days are better than others um Regarding support systems, I do talk to people in my team. Um, one of my sponsors, Chris at um, Excess Guard, Mouthguard, always checks in with me to see how I'm doing. Yep, he's on here. That's a shout, this Chris. <laughs> he, um, he's really good. He checks in to see how I'm doing. But I've got generally quite a very close circle. I'm not a hugely sociable person. Outside of jiu-jitsu, I actually do very little because it and that's also why it's not good to be injured because you don't if you don't have lots of other facets to your life then it makes me I know it makes me sound really boring but if you don't have lots of other facets to your life you don't have other things you can do instead I've got weightlifting and jiu-jitsu and all of my friends in Madrid with very few exceptions are in the jiu-jitsu community so I was with some of them yesterday because um, it was really sunny. We had, um, they had an open map and we're going for drinks afterwards. And I joined them just to see them. But all, obviously all the talk is about jiu-jitsu mm. and I can't participate. And it does make you feel down. But then I've just got to remind myself um, this time around, it should be a lot better than last year because I didn't get rehabilitation or... Um, physiotherapy because the state of alarm was declared directly after my surgery so I thought I was really lucky to get surgery in February last year but in a way I kind of wasn't because um, I developed fibrosis in my knee I, I developed a lot of scar tissue because I didn't get the appropriate rehabilitation so when I had surgery um, three weeks ago tomorrow um they removed all that scar tissue and that was significantly um, limiting my movement. They sorted out my meniscus as well. So I start physio next week and all being well, um, I should be okay. Again, there's just so, so, so much in that. And again, I can only really empathize, I can hear it in your voice about the amount of weight this has behind it because it's not even just, again, it's, a passion and lifestyle again it's not just a hobby it's everything it's your life yeah. and it's how you can try to learn to live again as such we live without your life which is a very weird thing to even articulate and again yeah. when you talk about the the system of doing this i like the way it's so many layers and so many different avenues because again people treat mental health as a collective umbrella i think it's on or it's off it's yes or it's no it's no it's it's so much more intricate than that and the way you're sort of explaining how the friendship groups the time you're investing in these things again this is all you actually give a shit about obviously you've got your other values and everything else but this is where the main energy yeah, is absolutely and, and it's how you again always interrupt me if i'll get everything wrong but again the way you explain these things it's so you can really hear the weight of it and i don't know there's one thing you said there i think is a very interesting pre uh, premise of how you always look at how far you have to go and it's discouraging and again it's a bit of a mental prompt but let me flip down its head a little bit there was a video i can't think which black boat it was but the i'd cop the concept of looking forward to your next stripe or belt is lost at black belt on beyond. So the idea that you still have all the belts to look forward to, like it's not, I've got so much further. I get to go so much further to go. How exciting is that? Yeah. What, yeah. Do, what does getting another stripe in your blue belt mean if you're a black belt who's been training for 10 years? Yeah. 
you get to get excited for you, you get to like oh squeaky bum time oh coach is going to get some stripes out oh I'm one of those for me <laughs> like that kind of stuff is like wow I get to still do that as opposed to yeah. oh shit it's so much further oh my god purple as well fuck that noise no more warm-ups at least but you know what I mean it's all sort of coming <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a again you're so in the trenches with it in the, in the eye of that storm that having your partner and coach again very separate roles also in the same person being able to see that from the outside perspective having that someone so close to you in both yeah. those worlds again that's invaluable to have that kind of i don't know it seems like you guys have quite a healthy relationship with uh, separating the two that at one point you'll speak from a coaching point of view to then from an actual partner point of view from a, a person to person to a, a coach to a student and again that sort of tone switching is so important because i feel like people get that wrong is they try to blend it as one big thing which mm. like, it just doesn't sound even explaining it just doesn't sound nice let alone living and that obviously it's yeah. case by case but yeah he definitely wishes i'd talk about jiu-jitsu less definitely because he he'll often teach three classes a day and i'll come home and ask him something he's like no i'm please i'm done for the day now but i think when you're really passionate about something you can't have like a work-life balance anything you're really really passionate about will unbalance your life it will and i think that that can be positive or negative and i like to think in my case it's positive because for my mental health competing is the best thing because i live in like quite a high state of anxiety so when I get, when I compete, it's just like, let's go, let's do it. I love, I'd abs- I can't tell you how much I love competing. I absolutely love it. So this is where it gets so much, I, I, I don't know, where do we even go with this? Um, so when you talk about being positive or negative, again, it's an absolute, and obviously it's, into, it's perception and obviously what you're holding in your heart is what you see in the world and that whole concept of, you know, how you feel and what you believe. But mm. I feel having that passionate enthusiasm is very different to just sort of pestering with questions again it's just showing a willingness to learn yes it might be a bit frequent but at least it's that tone of it not like oh shit i can't be asked don't want to train or why yeah. should i or how why, have, why haven't i got a stripe yet or why haven't i done this yet opposed mm. to oh i get to do this or can i do this or can i do this it's a very different sort of energy so i feel that in itself regardless if it's overwhelming or underwhelming or whatever it is at least it's that tone off the bat regardless of anything else but yeah. one thing you said there which i thought was so don't think you realize how prominent that was and so important that living in an anxious state and that the most anxiety inducing thing gives you peace think about how powerful that is that's something that overwhelms everyone including me especially me as well that the idea of being in such a all so i'm going to try and keep this a bit short than i already am but the idea of anxiety things being so overwhelming all these many factors everywhere or everything could happen the fact all those eggs are now in this one basket, all your energy in this one event on this one mat is so focused. It It's so anxiety inducing, it stops it, which I think is such a unique thing. And I think that's so powerful. The fact you can actually identify that and articulate that as well. I think that's yeah. powerful. It's because like I said, when I'm by the mat side, I am nervous. But as soon as I step foot on that mat, I'm so calm and it is do or die. We're doing this now. There's no backing out. And I'm just excited. No matter how much, how the match goes, I'm excited. I can't, I just want to do it. And it's it's such a flip from like the preparation and the run up and, you know, and on, on the day, it's, it's just completely different. But this is it again. It's, it's everything else. And even after the result, win, learn, or draw. I hate saying that so much. That's such a cliche, cringe thing, but it's so true. But anyway, the, even regardless of the result, against the fact you've been through that storm, you, whatever happened, you then put everything you love, believe, who you represent, who you are at that moment in time on a platform to either be, you know, beaten, victorious, or whatever it's going to be. Again, you made yourself vulnerable to give yourself a chance to grow, regardless of which direction it's in, regardless of what happens. That is. That's why I don't feel people give competitors enough respect, regardless of the level, regardless of the platform. The white belt local tournament to the black belt worlds, again, it's all relative to the individual. Like, yeah. There's so much power behind that. Yeah. Now, before I let you go and enjoy your Easter Sunday, I've got a few more questions for you. These are ones I ask everyone. And okay. I want you to ask your sort of your version of these. So the first one is, there you are, about to compete. You're in the bullpen warming up. In walks you. What advice do you give yourself to compete with the best mindset possible? um focus on playing my game i'm not interested in her game she's gonna play my game and that's how it's gonna go i might not necessarily win 
But this is why I don't look people up because I made that mistake at White Belt. I looked up a particular competitor. And to be honest, I'd already lost the match before I'd entered the venue because I was convinced she was going to beat me. And she did beat me. So my, my attitude is I go in that ball pen. They've called me. I'm getting ready. I'm all weighed in. Okay, it's do or die. You play my game. I don't care what your game is. You play mine. That's how it's going to go. Oh, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, chills. I feel a bit intimidated as well. We won't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> next question. This is a personal favorite. Post competition, got your gold medal, love and life, got your Instagram, got all your likes, living the best life. What is in the delivery basket, takeaways? What is the celebration meal? Talk to me. Um, so I don't really celebrate. I go, I watch the footage back. And even if I've won gold, I've sometimes won gold in a way I'm not happy with. So for me, it's show it to go over it with my coach next day, back in the gym, working on what I did wrong. No celebration as such. Oh, I sort of changed the tone a bit. Regards, like, tr treat meals, that sort of thing anyway. Like regards, obviously post-competition, again, your reaction to that is more so a moment where you're going to have an exception to your diet. What is your treat meal per se is more the, the question. Um... Probably chocolate. There we are. This is, chocolate this is... and orange juice. Yeah, chocolate and orange juice. Because the only things I have to really, if I I compete at um, under fifty eight point five or under sixty four, I'm kind of between the two. So the only thing, if I, if I compete at under fifty eight point five, the only things I have to cut out are biscuits, orange juice, and chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah. They're the only three things. So I have I have orange juice, I have chocolate. But but then I but then because I've been eating really well, I start to feel sick quite quickly. So it's not actually that enjoyable. I was gonna say, why don't you have a um, chocolate orange digestive and you're sorted all your sort of stars align in one sort of <laughs> That's a good idea. Good uh, idea. Kind of ruins the fun of it. But now I get what you mean, where you sort of restrict these sort of sugars and then you get them all in one hit. Yeah. You get a nice spike and you feel just disgusting. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little mercies. And the last one is day one white belt, all full of beans, so enthusiastic. What word of advice do you give to them to try to let, get them on start on the right foot? Never give up and keep showing up. Less is more. Exactly what it needs to hear. Um, mm. Thank you so much for your time. Regards to sponsors, obviously there's a one on your shirt you want to shout out. Um, anyone else you want to shout out as well? Yeah, shout out to Hyperfly Europe. They've got my back. And especially to Chris at Excess Guard Mouthguards for always being there. He's awesome. Fantastic. And your own social media? I am under Tiana underscore Taylor underscore BJJ. I'm one of those annoying people who has BJJ in my handle. I will not apologize for it. A lot of people do it. That's just what I do stay on brand so yeah check out, <laughs> check out the sponsors again excess guard they are supporting a lot of local athletes as well different levels again support the sponsors support the athletes and again it helps keep everyone going um check out the fisticuff sponsors we've got the english hypnotist regards of your mindset and competing and business whatever you're doing conversation with rich can really help that game change albeit from performance anxieties self-sabotage all sorts of things like that also development keeping the right headspace obviously we've got good performance nutrition current running giveaway if you're quick you can get into it um, that is my friend Dan Good, professional fighter. He's got his own gym. He's got his own clientele. Again, very established personal trainer. And now he's doing the supplement game as well. Good quality products. And again, what, what more can you ask? Um, Fisty Cuffs, we've got the shorts and rash guards in. Got a new stock arriving gym dependence day, 12th of April. So stay tuned to the website for that. And other than that, thank you for your time. Stay positive, stay safe, and stay grateful.